0: I am your host Keith Cork and I am joined by my buddy and co-host here Mr. Trey Hill and Trey we're here to break down a unfortunate Bulls loss here as the Bulls fall to the number one seed Miami Heat uh, 99 to 112 in a pretty piss poor effort Um, some initial thoughts from you my friend I I will uh, delve into what my thoughts are in a minute here but uh, what'd you think off the top of your head some uh, general observations
1: we really need some more playmaking on the offensive end. That was that was my first initial thought. Miami was able to blitz us, whether it was Vucevic, DeRozan, or, or I think they even I think I even saw them blitz Zach a couple times. But they would run that double, and the Bulls just don't have the passing ability to make didn't have the passing ability to make them pay for that before the Heat could scramble and recover. So that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me. What about you? What were your like big thoughts on the game? Well, I thought um, obviously
0: coming out at absolutely disgustingly, incredibly flat in the first quarter was just um, inexcusable. I thought, you know, I was pretty, I was pretty pumped for this game. I think most Bulls fans were, it's the first seed against the second seed in the Eastern conference. Um, You would think that the Bulls would be up for it. I'm not even mad they lost by, you know, 20 points, basically. Uh, That doesn't even bother me, Trey. What bothers me uh, is that they just came out in that first quarter and just looked like their body language. It just, they just looked tired. And I, I mean, I, I, can't really get too angry because I get it because they, you know, they're logging logging a lot of minutes because they're just down so many bodies. And we're not really going deep into our rotation anymore. We're playing the same nine, ten guys a lot of minutes. So I, I think you know, it is, uh, it was a bit, definitely a letdown game. Uh, And I was pretty angry watching that first quarter and that third quarter, obviously too. that third quarter, we got scored like by 11, 12 points uh, also. And that was just a disgusting quarter also. So uh, I wasn't too impressed with the effort tonight. I'm not sure if you were, if you were, or you, you you thought that they gave a good effort and just came up short.
1: No, the effort wasn't particularly great tonight, getting over screens early on, just kind of playing against the double teams that the Bulls should be used to by now. they just—they did. They seemed—they seemed a step slow. They seemed a little bit lethargic. And the heat—they're—they're they're, they're the number one seed for a reason. Spolster has that defense playing just exceptionally well. Bam had two blocks that were just magnificent. That one recovery block on the lob—I uh, I saw it on Twitter as soon as it happened. It was so—it was just so well timed. But uh, yeah, good. Oh no, I was just gonna say, but it was just. The Bulls lost to a better team tonight that had a better scheme and the Bulls just they didn't have they didn't have the point of attack defenders to to compete on the defensive end because they just weren't getting over those screens and then on the you know on the other side of it the Heat defense that swarming it it really stifled the Bulls offense
0: um, You know, like yet again, we've seen like some of these tertiary, these these secondary guys, you know, kind of going off against the Bulls. Um, Duncan Robinson, three for me from three. Uh, the big ones, obviously, Gabe Vincent. We didn't have Kyle Lowry tonight, so he stepped in and played oh, 33 minutes, about uh, 20 points on seven of 13, shooting four of eight from beyond the arc. It's just it, Tyler Hero, seven of thirteen from the field, twenty points. Also, it's it, it, Max Drews, five, five of eleven, thirteen points, four, three of seven from behind the arc. Just a complete lack of defensive awareness, which is really just is, is what pisses me off most. You know, I, I you know me, I, I'm I pay more attention to the defensive side of the basketball, which has made the last uh, I don't know two three months of the bull season pretty. Harrowing for for me to watch it. Um, just blown assignments and just like I said, lack of awareness. I mean, you know, Gabe Vincent is a three point shooter. We all know that. You know, even though I don't play in the NBA, I know this guy is a not lights out three point shooter that the Heat have developed. Uh, that's on the scouting report. I can guarantee that the coaching staff went over that before the game. And you know, this guy this guy had uncontested three pointers and. I know it's because of, of the initial action and the Bulls scrambling to get back to the shooters. Uh, so it's not like, you know, I'm not an idiot. I'm not like saying like, oh, just
1: go out there and guard him. It's that simple. Like it's not. I'm not, you know, I know it's more, and, it's more complicated than that. Go ahead. The Heat play, they play such a disciplined style and they have so many counters that even when the Bulls would run out to cover those shooters, the the they weren't helping the helper yeah and right exactly Stacey king mentioned that multiple second, times on, yeah right.
0: i, I couldn't even hear Stacey
1: king but second and third rotations are just yeah not he existing. mentioned that multiple times how they weren't helping the helper and having having that all five defensive guys playing on a string you know being able to cover for one another that's what the heat were able to do against the bulls to really to just muck things up to you know throw those hard doubles for two seconds make the guy pick up his dribble then just get back on your guy and you know the bulls aren't able to do that and not only are they not able to do that, but they aren't even able to play solid defense without getting you know without being giving up wide open shots at least tonight
0: yeah it, um it was pretty much over this game was pretty much over like halfway through the first the Bulls went on some little mini runs there in the second and fourth quarters um a little bit i mean there, there was really no hope for this one. I was um pretty much sold on this being a loss uh, you know like it was like 26 to 11 or something like that. So um, really didn't have any hope at that Uh, listeners real quick. Please take a moment to follow at ethos fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition. and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at ethos fantasy BK on Twitter. Go follow it now, please. Especially if you're a fantasy player, it's a fantasy playoffs time, so you're definitely going to want to follow those guys and uh, get all their goodies. But um, you know what, what kind of surprised me, Trey, is the Bulls in the first quarter, especially, uh, were trying to play inside out and they're really trying to feed Vucevic uh, down there as he was being guarded by of bio. They must have felt like they had a mismatch there, and I think I think it, it's not a unreasonable thing. Uh, we have commented in the past, you and I have, Trey about Bam Adebayo not having really the strength of a real full-size center. He's more of a hybrid center that's going to step out and hit a mid-range shot, which he did uh, you know, quite a few times tonight. Um, so I think it was, it was it was a solid plan to start with, but then I felt like they were really attempting to force that uh, game plan. So I don't know if that's just a lack of uh, adjustment from the coaching staff or if that's just a lack of awareness on the player's part, but uh, there are definitely a few times where I felt like they were trying to hit Vooch on the short roll, uh, you know, in the middle of the lane or hit Vooch, uh, get Vooch the ball in the post. And there were just two or three defenders uh, around him at all times. So I just didn't feel like it was a a fantastic uh, game plan at at a certain point, right? Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com.
1: It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Right, and when the the Bulls start from three point land, two of sixteen, that's yep. going to that's going to just suffocate any hope you have for a Vucevic offense when you're running it through him. And the whole point of it is Bam is undersized, so when you just straight post him up, the Heat are going to have to help, and that's going to give you wide open shots. So when you're when you're two from two of sixteen from three, that it's not a recipe for success. You got you got to look elsewhere and. The Bulls, they seemed really stagnant. They didn't, I don't, I didn't feel like they cut. They had a lot of cut baskets tonight. It seemed like a lot of standing around watching and then just kind of reacting to what the Heat did. So just disappointing night. I was really, like you said, looking forward to a big game in my eyes and the Bulls just came out and laid an egg. Yeah,
0: it was uh, pretty good, pretty disgusting. I, I I had a thought though, Trey, and I had this highlighted. I wanted to talk to you about it and uh, bolded here in my in my notes. Uh, and you know, maybe this was me just having a knee jerk, angry reaction, but it's clear to me, like I'm watching Tristan Thompson come in and I'm not, let me preface this by saying Vucevic is the better player. There's absolutely no way I want to have Tristan Thompson as my starting center. That's ridiculous. Everyone that's on Twitter saying that shut the F up, go watch a basketball game, learn a little bit about the game. Uh, Vucevic is fantastic. I love what he brings to the table. I'm not gonna I'm not ready to call the Vucevic, you know, experiment or whatever you want to call it in Chicago over, but it's clear to me that the Bulls need a different dimension from the center position uh than they're getting from Vucevic. Vucevic, you know, he can hit that mid, he's got he can score from all three levels. Uh he's a fantastic, gifted offensive player. But I just feel Do like you, the activity I, I
1: think I know what it is. I think I know what it is for you. Yeah. when we have Lonzo and Caruso, our defensive scheme is set up for Vucevic to excel. Mm-hmm. But given the point of attack defenders we have now, pairing them with Vucevic, that's setting Vucevic up to fail on the defensive end, which, again, is the side you watch. However, Tristan Thompson, he's more athletic. He's a a better rim protector in terms of shot blocking. So whenever he has those bad point of attack defenders and they get beat, he's better at recovering. So Mm -hmm. I think while Vucevic is the better fit on the offensive end and is the better overall player, there is, there is something to be said about Tristan Thompson on the defensive end being a better fit to help supplement the players that we have lost to injury right now.
0: Yeah, and there's no way. Um, you know, I'm 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 not I'm realistic. I'm not an idiot. You know, I'll say that I, is that the second time I've said that this, this episode already. So obviously I am an idiot probably, but uh, you know, you're not gonna start Tristan Thompson over Vucevic, who you're paying you know 20 million dollars to or whatever it is. He's making a lot of money. Uh, he is again the better player. You need to play him because he is the one that's gonna give you the better chance to win. Not Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson's not gonna give you the better chance to win. But just you know, me as a basketball person who's been watching the sport for you know two decades at least uh, a little bit over, probably Um, just seeing, you know, what, what each center brings to position. So I'm looking at uh, Trey, I'm looking at some, some teams in the Eastern conference that I think are comparable to us uh, as far as like having a one and two, right? So we have DeMar DeRozan, we have Zach Levine, that's our one and two right now. So players, you know, they're similar to that. I'm looking at the Boston Celtics. And I think this is really where I'm thinking, like, if the Boston Celtics have you know Tatum and they have Jalen Brown, uh, which, you know, Slightly different, obviously, but I would compare those. Those those are comparable, I think, to DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Uh, and they at their center position, they've got Robert Williams, or they've got Al Horford. And, you know, I think Al Horford's probably closer to Vucevic and probably worse than Vucevic, but really Robert Williams is the guy they're leaning on heavily at that center position. So I would like to, you know, I think the Bulls, if they can go out and get like a Steven Adams type, or an Evan Mobley, or a Miles Turner, or Jared Allen. I'm not saying that the Bulls are going to get these guys. I'm saying a type like that. If they can get someone like that to go next to Damar and Zach next season, I don't know if I would say no to that. Well, I mean, what, what would you think?
1: I mean, I'm not going to say no to getting a big body that we could have. But so Robert, like you brought up Robert Williams specifically. So what the Celtics are doing with Robert Williams now, he would be guarding. Uh, he would be guarding Javante Green because they want him guarding a corner three-point shooter so he can basically play free safety. Right. It's The the Grizzlies are doing the same thing with Jaron Jackson Jr. They just throw him on somebody who stands in the corner. They let Steven Adams play the center. And so I think Vucevic would be able to take on Al Horford, but I would love to see the Bulls try and add some bigs because I know we, we say it all the time, but the Bulls have plenty of depth when they're healthy when yeah. it comes to the guards and even – you know, that forward position when you have DeRozan, you've got Javante Green, you've got Patrick Williams when he gets back, um Derek Jones Jr., Troy Brown Jr., those guys. There's there's plenty of depth, but we don't really have that big and Tristan Thompson's great. But I would love even maybe an upgrade over that somehow.
0: Yeah. Um, I do think that we are missing some physicality. I think it's absolutely clear when we get into games like this with the Mike. Simonovich,
1: right? That's yeah. that's who's coming. So, right, I don't think yeah. Simonovich is gonna bring that the uh the post presence, though. He, uh, he might. I mean, he's
0: absolutely tearing it up in the G League. I would love to see this guy at least get a, a, you know, a few minutes here in the, in the big club, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. Um, obviously, the Bulls are sitting in second place in the East, so I'm not terribly upset about it. But I think at some point uh, you have to unleash this guy. Maybe they're just getting ready, getting them ready for next year. Uh, and that's OK. Sometimes you have to do that, especially for, uh, you know, European players that may not be. Uh, as strong or strong enough yet to bang with the big boys in the NBA, which might be the case. Uh, You know, they know better than I do. Hopefully we get a G League guy on here and they can tell us a little bit more about uh, Mr. Samanovich. But, uh, hey, uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you a story here, Trey, because last night I was winning about 330 bucks in my Thrive Fantasy lineups. And uh, you know who blew it for me? Mr. LeBron James, because this a-hole is going for the uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, points record. He's trying to get as many points, probably to pad his stats, basically, uh, because that, that game last night, I don't know if you watched any of it, but that Lakers game was atrocious. I, I'm glad I'm not a Lakers fan, at least. I might be a Bulls so fan. So how did he stuff. blow it for you? So he, I didn't get did under 32 him? points. He was in a game, and they were down 30 points. He was in a game, there was like six minutes left, and he sco- goes out there and scores exactly 32 points, and then gets subbed out immediately after. And so I went down from winning 330 bucks to 110 bucks, uh so fu lebron but hey i do want to tell you guys while i'm talking about it that we do have a new fantasy partner at sports ethos thrive fantasy prop up with thrive fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com use code ethos when you sign up to get 100 deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play pick player props on the biggest names playing every night score points when you props it and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money and check out our sports ethos dfs team or podcast for advice on winners again that code is the ethos over at fantasy.com go to my twitter page it is bsbp keith and use that link there uh in my bio to go ahead and sign up guys so yeah screw lebron james but uh, i still want a little bit of money but not as much as i should have uh anyways back to the bulls um so you know uh, let me ask you this straight if you could trade in this upcoming offseason Say that you know it works out for both teams for whatever reason. If you can trade Vucevic for a Miles Turner plus something else, because I don't think that's exactly a fair trade. Maybe Miles Turner plus you know a pick or, or or maybe a player that's a role player and that's going to help us. Would you do that trade in this offseason season and you get rid of Vucevic and you add a Miles Turner?
1: Right now at this moment, I'm going to say no. But ask me again after the playoffs. <laughs> yeah.
0: That is going to be the real uh the real test, I think. Because and- I,
1: like I mentioned earlier when you brought up Tristan Thompson, I I and I've been a big Vooch believer the whole time. I I I've been on the bandwagon. So it, it's going to be hard to get me to jump off, but I really believe if you give him the quality point of attack defenders that teams won't be able to expose him like they have been able to in the pick and roll and when the defense doesn't break down at that point the help defense doesn't have to come, and everything shores back up, and we get back into that, you know, top ten, top fifteen, defensive rating type of defense.
0: Yeah, and I'm not, I don't mean lay everything at Vooch's feet. I think again, he's a tremendous player. I just, um, watching the dimensions that both of these guys bring to the to the game, uh, I just, uh, I'm starting to lean more towards you know, a Miles Turner type or a, uh, again, Steven Adams type, something like that. So uh, something to look out for. I, I think I still want to see how Booch does, like you said, in the playoffs and see what happens uh, when the games really, really matter. But uh, speaking of that, Trey, Bulls, this is the narrative we're going to hear all for the next uh, probably 40, how, we, we don't play again until Thursday, I think, right? So 72 hours. Yeah.
1: yeah they've uh, got plenty of time off to, to get right and yeah, get this figured t- out.
0: Plenty of time to to get right, but the narrative we're going to hear on ESPN and Series XM radio and all that garbage is that the Bulls can't beat good teams because that's the narrative that's already been started. Um, The Bulls are, I think, 12 and uh, 17 now against teams 500 or better. I believe that's correct. I may be a little off on that, but it's somewhere around there. Uh, And people are starting to rip into this Bulls team because, you know, we're not being good. But, But look, let's back up a little bit, Trey, because you and I, I think two months ago, probably at this point maybe a month and a half ago we sat here and said the bulls just need to tread water until lonzo ball and caruso get back we're not going to be good teams because we like you said that point of attack defense isn't there vooch is a liability on defense when that happens we know that um we're missing offensive firepower too and lonzo ball that three-point shooting that spacing we're missing that we're having matt thomas play at times when we need you know that kind of thing um, we don't have, you Patrick brought Williams. up Lonzo
1: ball specifically, according yeah. to B ball index, I was looking at their playmaking data earlier. He's rated as the fifth highest playmaker this season, according to their numbers, just in terms of everything he adds overall. Yeah. And you you can't, you can't undersell the value of the guy who can make the quick read and make the pass that not only is the right pass and a quick pass, but it's a pass that's so accurate, you can catch and shoot right in rhythm and there were quite a few times tonight that you know Demar would throw a pass or zach would throw a pass after getting double teamed or vooch and the guy would have to you know he wouldn't catch it clean and he wouldn't be the the heat would have time to recover when whereas lonzo he throws passes where he th- he passes you open
0: three of our top six guys missing and like you said Tread water, beat the teams we're supposed to beat. I had every, pretty much every uh, assumption in the book that we were going to lose tonight. I watched the game hoping we would win. I'm a fan still at heart, of course. But I'm a realist, and I know uh, it was going to be a tough game. There was no, very little likelihood that we were going to win this game. <clears throat> the Heat are a very oh. good, game, a good team and a very disciplined team. The, the Bulls right now – Not a very disciplined team. Uh, I'm going to knock Billy Donovan again. Uh, But, you know, it's very up and down for us. And I feel like, uh, again, DeMar DeRozan really bailing us out. I think Zach Levine tonight really bailed us out. He had a good game, 8 of 16 from the field, 22 points. Uh, Some of the shots I felt were really tough shots. uh, But he was making them. So uh, uh, some more hero ball bailing us out on the offensive end.
1: So these are our next six games. Can we go 3-3 and over these? At Atlanta versus Milwaukee, so home for Milwaukee, at Philadelphia, at Detroit, home for Cleveland, at Sacramento.
0: Um I'm going to say yes, we can go 3 and 3. I think we can beat Sacramento, Sacramento. Detroit
1: and Atlanta. Yeah. Or I think we, we beat, can beat the three. I think we'll beat I think we'll beat one of Atlanta and Cleveland.
0: I will say if Cle- yeah, if Cleveland still has Darius Garland on the sidelines, I really like our odds in that one. Um if he's back, it's going to be obviously more difficult. Um, not a lot of clarity there. I think he's pretty much day to day at this point. So he probably will be back. Um, I don't know if he's exactly a hundred percent healthy and they might hold him out. I know Curious Lavert, uh, is also out for them right now and they're going to keep him out through that. We, he probably, we probably will not see him in that game. So, um, so I like our odds in that Cleveland game too. And I think if we can pull that one out, maybe we, we slip up and, and lose one against Detroit or, or, uh, Atlanta or something like that. But, uh, I think three and three is definitely doable. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. I think that's, a nice goal to have over these next set of games. And it's just kind of as a bulls fan, that Philadelphia game is probably going to be rough. James Harden has been cooking yeah. in Philadelphia and Embiid just, he's been eating everyone alive and him and Vooch, you know, Vooch battles, but you can only do so much. So I don't expect a lot from that one. Milwaukee though, maybe we can, we can still win against them. They've, they've had, they've let some teams stay in some games lately. Yeah,
0: they just seem, um, I think they're just, you know kind of saving themselves for the postseason it doesn't seem like they're really caring a whole lot about the regular season they're still in the mix here uh what are they sitting at like fifth or sixth in the in the standings here they're at fifth um four and a half games behind yeah, first i mean they could end up in first and not even really give a crap so uh that's just how good they are that's how good Giannis is because he's just absolutely incredible so um yeah i, I can see the bulls being the bucks for sure uh the bulls i mean before tonight trey the bulls were seven and ten in the last ten games so uh again Can't get insanely upset about losing this game. I was upset about the effort, and I'm still a little upset about our lack of awareness, I think, on offense and on defense. But uh, obviously for me, it's more of the defensive side. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where I stand with it. But uh, I was a little bit surprised not to see Jimmy Butler tear us up because I think they were showing a graphic before the game started. We're like the team that he scores the most points against. So uh, they didn't really need him. But uh, he didn't really have a huge game tonight. But it was good to see Jimmy again. <laughs> How'd you, how do you feel about uh, seeing Jimmy in the uh, Miami Heat jersey?
1: Oh, I love Jimmy. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's on a winning team. That's what he deserves. I was glad when the Bulls traded him because I knew they weren't going to be contending anytime soon. And that he's the type of guy you want him to be on in a winning environment. So it was great to see him. It would have been even better to beat him.
0: I absolutely agree. Um Felt like they were getting Demar uh, off his spots early. Uh, Demar still had a pretty decent game. He shot uh, 44% from the field, seven of 16 from the field. He's cooled off. I mean, we didn't. I didn't think. I. I don't think I ever really thought like for serious that he was going to continue that insane stretch of over 50% and 35 points per game. He was just hot for a minute. Now he's kind of cooled off. Um, the Bulls need some of the guys to step up. You know, I, I mentioned before. We got back from the break, trade. that I wanted to see Zach Levine step up, and I think he's uh, he's starting to cook the last couple of games, man. I've liked what I've seen out of Zach Levine on the offensive side uh, the last couple of games. On the defensive side, though, a lot left to be desired. A lot of missed assignments, I feel like. I feel like a lot of the uh, miscommunications, again, involve him. Uh, so, But I do like what I've seen from the offense, and that's what he, will, what he needs to bring to the table, right?
1: Yeah, I would like to see him clean up the defensive stuff a little bit, but I think having the communication of Lonzo and Caruso out there kind of guiding him a little bit. I think that helps. He's, you see them out there all the time, you know, pointing, yelling when you're, you're paying really close attention. So I hope that maybe that will help him, but if he can stay engaged on the offensive end, I'd like to see him take over a little bit more on the offensive end. I think it's easy to lean on DeMar with as well as he has been playing, but like you said, that's always going to fall back to the mean eventually a little bit. So for me, I'd like to see Zach's usage just get, go a little bit higher. Uh,
0: Yeah, there's times where he feels like he's deferring. Um, I felt like, you know, I, again, I think this was by design. This was what the Bulls were trying to do. But in that first quarter, I saw him uh, pass up some shots to try to get Vooch some touches in the post, which, uh, again, I think it's by design. I don't think it was a terrible idea to start the game. I thought once you know the Heat really adjusted, they should have went to something else. But uh, but yeah, I, I think Zach does need to force the issue a little bit more sometimes. And I'd like to see him going to the hole a bit more. Some of those shots that he took tonight, uh, even though he made them, it's like a you know step back fade away uh, with a hand in his face. It's just uh, you feel like you should be able to get a better shot than that earlier in the when it's early in the clock. I don't mind if he's taking that shot with you know. Three, four, five seconds left in the shot clock. But he was taking those with like, you know, 10, nine, 10, 11 shots, seconds in the shot clock left. I feel like you should be able to get a better shot than that. Do you, do you agree or am I way off I, base here?
1: I agree. And part of that I think is why I wish he would be a little more involved because when he takes those, I feel like that's him thinking, okay, I haven't had the ball in a few, you know, a few offensive possessions. This, I need to get a shot up, you know, I'm a scorer. This is what I do. I need, I need to get a bucket. So To me, I feel like if he was maybe in the flow a little bit more, maybe he wouldn't feel the need to take those early shot clock, you know, contested jumpers because he's athletic enough. He's enough of a threat all over the court that he can take a contested jump shot from anywhere on the court at any time. So whether there's 14 seconds left or three seconds left, there's there's nobody that's keeping Zach from taking a shot if he wants to take a shot
0: yeah and uh again, looks healthy uh so that's a that's a positive takeaway. Another positive I have from tonight, uh, trey, is when the fourth quarter starts, man, it just feels like every single bulls player on the team is just like, man, this is our quarter. like they like they, it's just like they go from a uh, you know c level to a b plus level team in the fourth quarter. I don't know what it is. Uh, The Bulls are leading, uh, I was just looking this up as you were talking there, Bulls are leading the NBA in fourth quarter points at 28.7 points per game in the fourth quarter. They're above the Phoenix Suns, who are at 28.4, pretty close there. But, uh, man, I mean, DeMar DeRozan effect, you can call it what what, what you want to. I think Zach's got a little bit of touches there. Also, Vooch, I mean, just so many ways they they can kill you uh, on the offensive end. Why is the fourth quarter, though, why do they play so much better in the fourth quarter than the other quarters? (laughs)
1: The fourth quarter it's I think it slows down a little bit. It's a lot more isolation. It's a lot I don't want to say it's it doesn't have the playoff atmosphere because it's it doesn't have that intensity level, but just in terms of it's it's crunch time. And when it's crunch time and you have a great isolation player in DeMar DeRozan, that was especially on quite, you know, the run that he was on. That's just gonna to lead to that fourth quarter success. Tonight I don't I don't give it a lot of credit. Yeah, because you know that was, was, that was hands. Yeah. yeah, it was already out of hand. But it seems like every game the Bulls have done well. Come you know, come fourth quarter time, and I think a lot of that is DeMar DeRozan's ability to get to you know to get to where he wants to on the court and and shoot a contested shot. He I looked this up earlier on catch and shoot baskets for him. He actually shoots better guarded than unguarded.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Um, nice to see Coach Caruso on the sidelines there coaching up Mr. Kobe White. I saw that during a commercial break. That was nice to see. Um, Caruso and Lonzo Ball nearing a return. I think that they will both be back probably sometime around the third or fourth week of March. So the Bulls got to hang in there, man, for another two to three weeks here. Probably three weeks is, is what we're looking at here where we're just going to have just crappy, crappy point of attack defense. Uh not looking forward to that part. Um, Patrick Williams is probably going to return shortly after that. So <clears throat> we are getting down to, you know, getting some bodies back here. The Bulls just need to hang in there in win games that they need to win, man. One thing I did see from DeMar tonight that I'd like to see him shore up, Trey, is uh, end of quarter situations when, you know, teams, the, every team's doing this now. Uh, when it's the last, you know, three or four seconds or maybe even two seconds, they'll send that double team right at DeMar DeRozan and try to get the ball out of his hands. And the first quarter ended up with a fadeaway air ball to end that first quarter. And the second quarter, uh, granted, there was point seconds left on the shot, shot clock and there was only one defender there, but end up in no shot at all because he couldn't even get it off because they were just crowding him so much. So I'd like to see DeMar get a little bit smarter about that um, you know know where the, the double's going to come from <clears throat> and that takes the whole team too so that takes whoever the guy that's their guy's going to double has to realize that too and make himself available for the ball but that's one thing that I would like to see you know I'm not going to knock DeMar cuz he had an incredible season but that's one thing I'd like to see him get better at
1: Yeah I agree there was one time when the shot clock or when the I think it was the quarter was running down he did do a good job of getting the ball to Zach and Zach was able to get up a decent look but in general, teams have been able to just kind of muck it up, like, like I said earlier with DeMar. You just throw that hard double at him, and while he's a good passer and he's a good playmaker, he's not an elite playmaker. So when you have a team that plays on a string like the Heat do, like the Grizzlies did the other night, it it's really hard to capitalize on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Man, those the Heat are just uh, that's a fun team to watch because of the defense. Um, I, I'll put the Raptors up there, too. I mean, I just, I love watching a defensive team, so I did like watching their side of the ball. It didn't make me happy, but uh, I could see where, where they're, uh, you know, obviously very, very, they excel at the defensive side of the basketball, which makes me happy to watch that. Um, one quick question for you, Mr. Trey. I, I think uh, I didn't have any sound because I was watching, trying to watch it work. Uh, was that Mark Wahlberg they were showing during the third quarter? Was he there to watch Mr. Jimmy Butler? Did you happen to catch that?
1: I am fairly certain that that's who it was, yes. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't have the volume up whenever they kept showing him over and over, Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm fairly certain that's who it was.
0: Marky Mark. Uh, yeah, yeah, conflicted feelings about that fella. Uh, not my favorite guy, but uh, interesting. I know him and Jimmy have a, a tight relationship for whatever reason, so anyways just kind of curious about that uh that's going to do it for us guys though uh before we sign off I want to also remind you all to use coupon code hoopball20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping and also check out our pals at mybookie.ag use code hoopball on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well uh Thursday night's going to be really difficult I've got a couple basketball games to watch Trey so I don't uh or to I should say supervise uh for the kids program that i work for so i probably won't get to watch that uh, hawks game so probably won't do a recap for that one but i think we will hit you guys with a show here with a little bit of a, a bigger view viewpoint here uh that we can go ahead and go for maybe have a guest on i know i've been talking about that forever but eventually we'll get that going so uh until then though i'm keith cork you can find me on twitter at, at @bsbp_keith keith and trey where can the people find you on twitter at final finally and do follow the show, guys, on Twitter at, at Bulls. Please follow us. Please also, if you're listening out there, leave us a five-star review and tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Uh, even if we, you absolutely hate what we're saying and think we're idiots, leave us a five-star and just tell us we're idiots there because we'll still appreciate you and, and, and you'll have a lot of good karma in your life. And the Bulls are going to win the championship if you do that. So just leave us a five-star review. Uh, anyways, yeah. Until next time.